hail our fair Riverdale. Register. I was going to sing it, but I decided not to. Register. I can't sing. I'm not going to sing. Don't Aww. let me sing. Okay, Cole. Yeah, I know. Well, Cole sang. Yeah, I have so many feelings about that. Stella literally just started eating right now. Well, actually, she was eating earlier. eating before? Okay, fine. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And welcome to another episode of The Riverdale Register. Wait, wait. Can you do an impression of that woman from the um, from the HBO thing? The one with the, the really deep... Riverdale Register? <laughs> I think I an Elizabeth Holmes impression. Yeah. The, the Riverdale Register. <laughs> there was somebody, Tavi Gevinson, I think that's how you say her name, did an amazing impression of her, and yeah. it's hilarious. And everybody should go watch it. Um, hello, everybody. <laughs> we have so many things on our minds. I'm John. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome to the Riverdale Register. Oh my god, look at that. Oh my god, what happened? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Our brains are broken. Anyway, guys. Because yeah. this week was Heather's. The musical. The musical. Hey, 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 we got two more reviews. We did? Are yeah. they nice? They are nice. That's cool. Don't you like nice reviews? I honestly, I'm, uh, I bring, I welcome criticism. <laughs> Except for when it's... Except for bad criticism <laughs> that I don't welcome. Except makes us sad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, do you want to go first or second on these? I want to go first. Okay. Also, guys, that's Stella. Do you know that she's a part of this? She's very loud Have today. you guys heard of Stella? I know. See, this is why they probably think we're disorganized. <laughs> I get it. I don't want to change, though. <laughs> okay, so from, this is from Beefsteak Kate, which I love. <laughs> love this. Five stars. I love this podcast. It is the entire reason I am still watching Riverdale. I love the theories. I'm still hoping Hiram Land comes to fruition. Hasn't it? I, I think it has. I'm not really sure what she's talking about. Also, I'm writing this as I'm listening to an episode and wanted to let you know Bone Nut was the name of the supermarket brand Nutella <laughs> I used to buy in Rome. I think, <laughs> I think about that every time they talk about the speakeasy. Le Bon Nuit. Wait, this all sounds really... Because I also studied abroad in Rome. Kate, Did you? Yes. John, we've talked about this so many times. You studied abroad in London. I studied abroad in Rome. That's right. I even remember where you like studied abroad when you were in high school. Yeah, in Germany. Ah, I you're a better Japan. friend than I am. I'm going to be honest, that's fine. <laughs> I was going to be like, Japan. No, I did a student ambassador thing in Japan. Okay, so I'm sorry that you were cultured and everything, but... I'm really... I'm a citizen of the world, Caitlin. You are. I wish that that was a thing you could Wait, like, have. Wait, Caitlin, is Beefsteak Kate just you? Is may, that... May or may not be. <laughs> My personality split. Feels really late in the game for you to for us to leave reviews on our own podcast. I think I may have done that before. <laughs> TBD. Stella, what are you doing over there? Anyway, John, I'm happy with that review. <laughs> Would you like to be happy with the next one? I'd love to be happy with the next one. From Hayden underscore at underscore? Question mark? There's no question mark. I've added that. Oh, okay. Amazing. Five stars. You guys are so fun and hilarious. I enjoy listening to y'all's opinions and the episodes. I fall asleep to the podcast all the time, and I can't wait to see what other podcasts y'all decide to do in the future. I will for sure be listening. Aw. You know Heart what's emoji. funny? This, this one review page has called me hilarious more times than I've ever been called even funny in my <laughs> entire life. People don't think I'm funny, and maybe hey, I'm not. Hey, own it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I guess. I don't know which part. I, don't, I remember seeing you do stand-up at all those open mic nights. I mean, that was like three times, and like that wasn't stand-up, that was just my personality. Well, those were my first encounters with you. I'm like, ah, oh, she must be a comedian. Uh, wow, that really set the bar <laughs> low, I guess, for all other comedy. Yeah. Wow, she must be a comedian, because she's... Trying and failing to tell jokes to a small group of people. One of Caitlin's stand-up sets was just reading old Facebook posts. That wasn't... That was when I... That was bad. That was... Not, that was <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I can't believe you remember that. It's very upsetting to remember that. I remember that, but not where you studied abroad. Right, exactly. Thank you. Uh, I studied abroad in Rome. Nutella is delicious. I you, really You mean bone nut? Le bone nut. I think it's probably le bon nuit. Mm-mm. I think the bone nut wouldn't make any sense. So, Caitlin, what's um, what's the deal with the title for this episode? So, as you guys may have guessed, Big Fun is the name of one of the songs in Heather's the Musical. I couldn't tell by the song in the shirts. But it is also in Heather's The Movie. <gasps> it is also the name of the band who sings a song called Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. I've heard of that. Yeah, from the movie, Heather's. So, in the movie Heather's, I don't know why exactly they don't have the song, probably because of some trademark, but there is a song that's like, Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It, and it's like a plot point. Yeah. So, Teenage Suicide, Don't Do It. Yeah. How many times have you seen Heather's? A million. A million? I've seen it like once. Yeah. You should see it more I'm times. glad I've seen it at least once to be able to talk about it here. Yeah, no, totally. There's I mean, more than I can say about Carrie. Well, I've seen Carrie the movie a lot, but I've never seen Carrie the... Yeah, um, I've, I've never seen either play. musical. I would love to see either musical. I saw the off-Broadway run of Heather's with um, Ryan McCartan, and her name, I think it's Barry... Oh, I'm not going to get her name right, but she's great, and she's in Mean Girls the musical now, actually, as Janice. Oh, that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Because Mean Girls is kind of like a spiritual successor to... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like there's three or four movies that are really, like... Heather's, um, Heather successors to Heather's. Yeah. And so it's Mean Girls, Jawbreaker, um, and I feel like there is actually a, oh, and cl- kind of clueless. And of course, everyone's favorite new TV show this season, Heather's, Heather's the TV series right. on the Paramount Network. Right. The <laughs> beloved TV show that's definitely airing. Oh God. I have to say that I wrote a, I wrote a review of the show, Heather's. Uh-huh. I enjoyed watching every episode because the cast, most of the cast anyway, was amazing. Yeah. Everyone on that show was perfect. The people who played the Heathers were like, I'm like, you guys are so fucking funny. You're hilarious. I want you in everything. But it just didn't, if if it was a show that wasn't Heathers, if it was just like, a teen drama that was like edgy and didn't have like have to have the thread of the movie Heather's. Right. I think it would have been a funny show if they tweaked the plot and just had like those characters. That's crazy you said that because that's kind of what this episode of Riverdale does. What like tweaks they the plot? They drop the plot of Heather's and keep the theme of it. Yes. But okay, so I think my issue with the episode, and I did enjoy the episode. <laughs> Should I go take away Stella's box toy? <laughs> I'm gonna just go take Stella. Stella. Hold on. She can't do this. She can't. She has the audacity. Hang on. So I think that my issue with the episode, and I did enjoy the episode, was that it really 
did not even touch upon the plot of the movie Heathers. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Carrie, the musical episode, I think one Carrie, I don't want to say it's more iconic, but you know, Carrie also has a very, very simple plot. The simple plot is Carrie is has telekinetic powers. She uh, is bullied. They throw pig's blood on her at school. She basically goes on a rampage and kills everyone in the prom. Yeah. Um, and Cheryl does something similar when exactly. she destroys her home. And I think that Cheryl and Carrie have, while not identical character traits, obviously, have a similar evil mom, blah, 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 blah. So all of that is fine. But here, I felt like we really, really lacked... Like, if I had no idea what Heather's was about, I wouldn't know what Heather's is about now. Right. I would understand that it's a play about teenagers, but that's it. And it's it seems like it's a play about there's these three teenagers and the best girls ever, and they win all the time, and that's their life. Right, right. And, like, they're, it's a little bit sad. And it's... Yeah, but, like, you don't really... You don't really know who the Veronica character is. Right. You have Josie, who is playing Veronica, but doesn't even... I got a lot of opinions about that. Yeah. Um, I was actually wondering how we were going to do this episode because I feel like... I was going to run straight through it. I feel like we can't divide it. I think we did that for Carrie also. Real quick before we jump into it, writer and director. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. This episode was written by Tessa Williams. Yes. We love Tessa Williams. She wrote the other one. Okay, cool. So Tessa wrote a couple episodes in season one. Faster Pussycats, Kill Kill, Death Proof. And then, yes, she wrote A Night to Remember last season. Then she wrote The Midnight Club this season, and she wrote this episode this season. Dope. Directed by one Maggie Kiley. Uh, this is not her first episode of Riverdale. She also did Death Proof and The Stranger before this one. And she's also doing Katie Keene. Katie Keene, the pilot. Dope. I don't know. I'm just trying out that word. I don't know if it works for me. Dope? Yeah, I don't I know. like saying dope. Yeah. I do feel like we've appropriated it, but... (laughs) Yeah. Seems more natural when you say it somehow. Hmm. She also did a couple episodes of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Chaos, you mean? And I'm sorry, she did an episode of Insatiable. You know what? So, the episode begins with Hermione complaining about Heather's musical, calling it violent, uh, calling it dangerous... Reminding us that a child died last year at the at the musical. And I would like to remind Hermione that she shot someone <laughs> in cold blood to death. <laughs> because I feel like we forget that a lot. And I feel like we're supposed to just forget about it because it was in the film noir episode. But I don't for, I'm not going to forget about it because that was fucked up. There's nothing that you can really say to excuse Hermione killing Sheriff Mineta. Because at first I was like, well, I guess they're just going to let this go because he was already supposed to be dead. Yeah. But he but he wasn't dead, and she killed a real person who had a family. <sighs> I actually did forget about that. Hey, you, oh, you did forget. That's why you're laughing. Listen, I'll never forget no Nana Blossom. You can never forget this. <laughs> right, exactly. Never forget. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nana, Nana Blossom is a monster. But Hermione, also a monster. <laughs> There's no good parent on Riverdale anymore. Oh. FP's headed there. No, FP's a good parent, actually. But, like, does his history... Right. Um, he also can he make up for his up history? Shit. Yeah. He also, like, left the body of a child in a freezer for too long. <laughs> so... And I, and I know he had his reasons, but he did absolutely do that. Okay. <laughs> so... So when Hermione brings up the, the violence, like, in Riverdale of all places, Kevin just, like, 
Oh Yeah, and just starts playing the first song. Right, which is a great song. It's beautiful. That's the name of the, the song. The song is called Beautiful. And also how I feel about it. It's and beautiful. I think it belies uh, an, an answer belies. to your thing. Wow, what a oh, good word. Yeah, we're using a lot of 10 cent words today. Yeah, cool. Uh, it belies a, 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 a refutation to your point about the plot of Heathers. Okay, wait, what does that mean? To refute, to, to, to go against. Um, they're not using Heathers because of the violence. They're using it to specifically address the theme of the loss of innocence, basically. Okay. That's why, that's what, that's the part of the text they're interested in addressing here. And that's why they kind of ignore the plot of Heathers. Because they're trying to use the songs from Heathers to tell their story. And I get that. I just think that, like, they don't even, they don't even really tell you what Heathers is about. No, they don't. And I, and I But in this scene, Kevin says, it's really about. Like it's a, it's a, it's, um, it's like anti-nihilism. It's about finding hope even in yes. this darkness. Which is funny because I think that reading of Heather's the movie, you can see it as actually a very nihilistic movie. Yeah. And then what the musical I think has, um, a much more hopeful message, message, mm-hmm. um, which is Heather's is like my favorite movie, but I do think the musical has kind of a much more positive message. And I think that was why I really did not enjoy the show because it was, it was almost like, you know, 21 Jump Street, the movie. The movie? Yeah. So you know how it's like, it, it kind of made a lot of comments on how teenagers are so different now than they were in like the nineties and the eighties even like, right. we do care now and like social justice is important. Yeah. You can't go around calling people gay. The and popular like, kids are like student council kind of kids. Yeah. So I think it was trying to do that, the Heather's TV show. But I think that it had a very cynical worldview of it. It seemed like it hated all of that stuff. Yeah. Which is crazy if the writer's room was largely uh, I think what happens LGBTQ. is it's, it's like, you know how you can m- make fun of something, but still also be earnestly like a believer in it? Like you can kind of poke fun at yourself for being, for example, like into D&D. Yeah. But like nerd, <laughs> yeah, right. Like you can put fun at yourself, but you're not actively despising it, right? I think that there is, there was kind of a layer of that. But the problem is that the people who did not were not like into like you know rights for like queer people or whatever mm-hmm. would be like, yeah, isn't that stupid? But you're like, no, it's just like it just everything felt very mean spirited, yeah, or like everything that was earnest they turned into a joke. Right. I I think it just didn't really have a... It didn't feel like it had a message that resonated with a lot of people, the show, and it just felt kind of edgy for edgy's sake. Now, do you think think there's a lot of fans of Riverdale watching this episode who have no idea what Heathers is? Oh, 100%. Do you think we should explain what Heathers is? Or you should explain Heathers? Yeah, so the plot of Heathers, it's pretty much the same as the musical. Um, Like, some minor differences, but... The plot of... We'll, we'll do the plot of the musical. Yeah, do the musical. Okay, so um, Veronica Sawyer is kind of, like, invisible. Um, invisible to, like, unpopular. She has a friend, um, Martha, in the musical. In the movie, it's more... she. There is a character of Martha, but she's kind of combined with this other character from the movie, Betty Finn, and that's sort of... Like, Martha is in the musical. Betty Finn, I don't think, even exists in the musical. But basically, she... Um, one day helps one of the Heathers out 
And in exchange... And the Heathers are... The Heathers are a trio of mean girls who um, are, like, kind of mean and popular and sort of like the plastics from Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, and she becomes a Heather, at least temporarily, realizes it kind of sucks. She meets this guy, JD, who is the bad boy, popular guy, wears a long trench coat, is prone to violence. Played by Christian Slater in the movie. In the movie. And Veronica was Winona Ryder. Yes, it's great casting. And so, basically, she goes to a party. I think she gets, like, she vomits on Heather Chandler, and Heather Chandler's like, fuck you, I'm going to ruin your life. So Heather um, goes to sleep at her house, whatever. Veronica and JD decide they're going to pull a prank on Heather Chandler. They're going to give her blue liquid, well, they're going to give her a cup of, like, orange juice and milk or something to make her vomit because Heather kind of embarrassed Veronica at this party. Um, But JD... Gives her a cup of liquid drainer. And it's kind of unclear if it's a true accident or not. Because it's like sort of a joke he makes. And Veronica's like, oh, what are you doing? That'll kill her. But anyway, Heather Chandler dies via this blue liquid drainer. Which is very similar to the blue liquid that we see the kids drinking in Griffins and Gargoyles. You're right. Which is why I thought it was a little bit weird that they did not. They didn't use it at all. Yeah. I mean, at the party, they drink blue drinks. Yeah. The jello shots. the, The extent of it. Um, and what ends up happening is Veronica and JD pretend that it's a suicide thing. They write a note. Heather becomes even more popular in death. In the musical, she kind of is like the Greek chorus of the, of the musical. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And everybody kind of, um, thinks, oh, Heather was so deep. Suicide is cool, essentially. Um, and it all kind of culminates when JD... Decides he's going to blow up the school and kill everyone. But Veronica kind of realizes we can't do that. Yeah. We can't just blow everything up when things are bad. We have to kind of try to rebuild a more positive world. So that's essentially what happens. There's a lot of death and murder and attempted murder and stuff like that. Good times. Um, Yeah. It's a really, it's really good, guys. I love it. But yeah, they don't really talk about it at all in this episode of Riverdale. It's fascinating that. Cheryl gets to A, pick the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't believe the farm was like, yeah, let's do Heathers. Sure. Uh, and B, she manages to find a musical with a main character who is both the the coolest girl in school, the most popular queen bee of the school, and also a victim. Yeah, totally. That's perfect. For herself. Perfect for Cheryl. Um, I mean, obviously, the casting, I thought... Okay, so... So so they sing uh, Beautiful, and the cast kind of gathers, and Kevin announces the cast list. Cheryl is Heather Chandler, Betty is Heather McNamara, Veronica is Heather Duke, Josie is Veronica in the play, Sweet Pea is JD, and Reggie and Archie are, quote, just two single straight dudes doing some theater. So it's, um, it's Ram and... Oh, I forgot the other one's name, but... But they're the two football players who, in the movie and in the musical, you may have heard um, I Love My Dead Gay Son, a choice of song they did not include yeah. in, in the show. In the show, probably for good reasons. But the idea is JD and Veronica, or JD really, they do a f- they they kill them and then they do Pose a Pose them, make them look. Like a, that they killed suicide. Maybe that's in bad taste. Right, uh, right. It was less in bad taste in the movie, I think, though mm-hmm. also still homophobic when you really think about it. Cool. Because it's, you know, 
it's not really funny to make fun of people just for being gay. Yeah. Um, regardless, That's right. <laughs> regardless of the situation and how awful they are. But I think the idea was more it was getting back at them because they are so homophobic. Mm-hmm. So this is like their ultimate punishment as opposed to it being like they are. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like, I mean, that thing happened to Sabrina. Yes. It's, it's almost exactly like that. Yeah. And we talked about this and I was kind of like... Do we need this mm-hmm. now? But right. I also understand that if you're so afraid of being seen as gay, that this would be a punishment for you. But it's also kind of saying like it's embarrassing to be gay, which it's not. So now in the in the in the show in Riverdale, I've got an issue with the way the show is cast because I agree. <laughs> they do this thing that's like okay, so the the person who is most who is closest to Veronica in the movie. Is Betty. Yes, 100%. And the person closest to JD in the show is Jughead. 100%. But instead, they make Josie Veronica and Sweet Pea JD, which is entirely in service of Sweet Pea because he is lovelorn for Josie. And it is in no way uh, any anything to do with her. Right. Uh, it's all in service to him. Well, and and neither of them really matter in this episode. So it's really get the two main parts in the show. I feel okay. So and then they give they, and then they give some of the Veronica songs to Veronica in the sh- in the movie in well, the show. They give okay. So that's the part that's a little confusing because I think as someone who like really loves this musical and this movie, I knew what all the parts everyone else was doing was. But I think that if you truly had no idea what Heather's was, you would just be very, very confused about who was singing what song. So, like, Josie does sing one Veronica song in a duet with Archie. She Uh sings Fight For Me. I liked that one. It it was. It was great. I actually thought that they both did a really good job. That song is not a duet in Heather's movie. It is. It's all sung by... um, Veronica in the musical. It's all sung by Veronica and it actually works really well as a duet. This mm-hmm. is the perfect, I think, example of a song not being natural to the plot of the of what's happening. Yeah. Because in the musical, it Veronica is staring at JD, who she has not like officially met yet, I don't think, and she's watching him get into this like slow motion fight in the cafeteria with like a popular jock. Oh wow. And so she's singing Fight for Me, like like there's a line where like it's she like she wishes he could Fight for her as well because it's like he's beating up a jock and oh, everything. Dang. So it's not quite as like this. It means more here than it does there. Yes, this is more of like a love song. I think it works really well. But I think that truthfully, that her voice is not like Ashley Murray has an excellent voice. She's got the best voice. She's a great in this voice, cast. but she does not have the voice that I think. Because there's a moment at the end where I think her range is not quite as high as the songs go. Oh. Um, well, that's kind of across the board, actually, for this cast. Yeah, I think... I feel like everyone's not quite at at the height they need to be at for some of these songs. Well, I'm sure that she would be good. I just think that they, like, didn't change the range for her voice mm-hmm. for, like, the end song. But, like, she did a uh, great well, job. The at, last one, I think she had to match everyone else. Maybe. I don't know. Well, so it was an ensemble number. Yeah, it's not supposed to be, really. Well, so. obviously. But there's yeah. meaning to that, too. Right. So, I. that all being said, I like this episode a lot. I like the episode, too. I just, I kind of, there are parts of it that we can get into. Right. So I like this episode across the board. I thought it was very enjoyable. Evelyn 
and Kevin are co-directing the musical this time. Betty loves that. I don't and, know why uh, she's not... Like, why is Betty always, like, so mean to Evelyn? Well, because Evelyn keeps threatening her by with divulging that time they murdered someone. Right, that's fair, actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Tony is choreographer, to which uh, Cheryl says, uh, anyone have a chainsaw? Because what the fuck? Because Cheryl hates Tony so much now. Right, this makes no sense, but fine. Uh, when Kevin's like, all right, Tony is some choreographer for Candy Store... She Cheryl's like, screw that. I have my own choreographer candy store. It turns out it's bad. They're both overtly sexual. Yeah. It was a choice. Betty accuses Evelyn of using the, far- uh, the, the musical to recruit members of the farm. And Evelyn's like, that's ridiculous. Everyone, party at the farm tonight. <laughs> right. It's great. Wear your costumes. Wear your costumes so it more seamlessly makes sense that we are going to sing the whole time. Have <laughs> you ever been in a musical... They don't let you touch your costumes. Well, I mean... They don't let you eat in your costumes. They don't. But they do have overly sexual cast parties. That's true. Uh, everyone in the theater club is the uh, horniest kids in school. Which is weird. I feel like probably because, like, everybody is... I mean, not everybody that seems they don't like... They touch with their emotions. Yeah. I like to think so, I guess. Jughead, in a totally different show, mm-hmm. learns his family's... Uh, Tra- trailer, the old in trailer. Nar- in Narcos. The uh, the tent city has been ransacked and his old trailer is missing. I feel like it's really hard to take mobile a trailer home. The like mobile that. home? Well, nah. You don't think so? You just so? hook it up to a car and, and drive off. It seemed like a pretty that's permanent... That's the flaw with mobile homes. Right, that's fair. See, here's the thing. It seemed really permanent and it seemed like it had plumbing. And it was connected. I guess it's... I guess you disconnected When have it. we seen them have plumbing? They might have like a water tank. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Crazy. Wow. So, Veronica stops by her house and finds her parents sitting awkwardly next to each other. And Hiram is like, hey, um, your mom and I are getting, are getting separated. And Veronica is devastated. And literally no one else is. I don't really understand this plot. Why does she care? I think I texted Beth this. I was like, didn't she, her, for season one and most of season two, desperately want Hermione to leave Hiram? Well, like... Like, after she realized Hiram is evil. No, because she didn't want Hermione to date Fred. Right. Which, by the way, would have solved a million problems by now if yeah. those two were just, like, a thing. Right, 100%. Uh, because she cares about her family. But then her parents have done nothing but hurt her. And her friends. And each other. Moved to the town and each other. And she knows her mom tried to kill her dad. Right. She <laughs> has to. Somewhere deep inside. Even if no one told her directly. Well, I think she also understands that both of them are bad people. Yeah. They're so, both terrible human beings. I don't really understand why she's so upset. And she's like, no, you can't. But we're a family. It's not even like, oh, she... She's, like, upset underneath the surface, but is putting on a brave face. Because I could see right. being, like, you know, my family is complicated and stuff, but this makes me a little sad. She's, like, my parents are getting a divorce. <laughs> right. And I'm, like, girl, this is, like, the least of your worries. Yeah. Of all of the money you owe to two different <laughs> crime lords, One of them upset. is your dad, by your the parents way. parents aren't getting divorced. Separated. There's still a chance there. Also... You really should not care about this. Yeah. It's insane that you still live here. 
It's insane you have not separated from your parents. It makes no sense. Why do you live in your parents' home? Why does Betty live in your parents' home? Why would you invite another person into this chaos? It doesn't make any sense because she had... It's like... When, okay, so the Hiram thing with Archie. Yeah. I know she's not with Archie anymore. Right. But she was. He was her boyfriend. She right. loved him. She had to bring him out of prison. Yes. Hiram not only put Archie in prison... Yes. But tried to kill him. He, he, he sent out cards so 12 different people would try to kill Archie. Right. Even if he's just a friend of yours in high school, and this is a person she professed to be Endgame with and love more than anything else in yeah. her entire she life. She wanted to be Avengers Endgame with him. She wanted to be Avengers Endgame, Infinity War with him. <laughs> and he tried to have him murdered. Yeah. Archie almost died by a bear, kind of, sort of, because of what Hiram did. Right, right, And Veronica's like, but Dad, you can't leave Mom. It's so weird. <laughs> it makes no sense. Hiram is such a bad person. I don't really understand what's going on in Veronica's there's no, brain. There's no new direction for Hiram, by the way. He hasn't changed. He's just decided to not kill Archie right now. <laughs> right. He, he, this character has gone through no arcs, no change. He's just amassed power and then be like, I have power. <laughs> right, right. And he's actually just kind of shifted his goals. Well, like, at the, at the mid-season finale, he's like, I want to be the king. And then nothing's happened with that. Well, you don't think he's just the king now in the background? Well, I thought that's why he quarantined the town, so he could rule the town. But no. He's building his Ferris like, wheel. He's like, I'm going to be a drug lord. And then they burned all his drugs. And he's like, I guess I'm fine with this. <laughs> I don't really understand what's going on. To be honest, I feel like there's a big plot happening that we're just not told about. We've been missing. Hiram's been going through his own incredible series right now. Imagine it's been available on Amazon Prime this whole time. No, I know. It's a CW seed show. Ah, uh, that's why nobody's watched it. And it's called Hiram Land. <laughs> and that's where we're getting all our intel from. Guys, so. have you not been watching Hiram Land? You're only getting half the story. Exactly. Man, I wish this was real. It would be more likely like a comic book tie-in. I will write that gladly. Do you want to go in? Do you want to pitch that? Hiram yeah, Land? let's talk to Roberto. Roberto. We got a meeting with him next week, right? Right, no, totally, about Hiram Land. So, Evelyn... Who I love, by the way. I, weirdly, I'm just I'm really drawn to her costuming, or it's like she looks like she's dressed in the 70s. She looks like Nancy Drew. Yeah. But, like, in a good way. I love her. But I'll never forget her as that girl she was in um, Orphan Black who had her mouth stitched shut. Oh, that was her? Yeah. Was she the one who was, like, there? she had a baby or something? She did. Okay. With one of the, um, not Lita, the uh, Castor. You one know of what's the really clones. weird? She literally looks so much older there. there. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about how you dress her and how you frame her. That's strange. Because that show came... That was it had to be at least five years ago. I think it was like three. I feel like... Because I don't think so. I think I started oh, watching... Oh, no. She was in season two. Yeah. It might have been like five years ago. Because I started watching that show... Dude, that show's... In nice. college. For sure. If anyone hasn't seen Orphan Black, give it a shot. It was on BBC America. It's a great show. I think it's on Amazon Prime streaming. I never finished it, but I like that show Ooh, a lot. You should finish it. I know. I just like, I don't know why I kind of fell off of it. So Evelyn throws her party in the exact room where all the nuns committed suicide. And then I know one cares. they almost ritually drowned Alice. No one cares. There are literally two kids chilling in the same pool that they drowned Alice in. And everyone's like, shots! <laughs> To be fair, I did kind of go to a party at the site of the Manson murders, so <laughs> it's not funny. It was a mistake. We will not do that again. It was a... But that's not weeks ago. <laughs> right, I, mean? I know. But I still felt weird. I, I did not stay long because it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's very strange. Yeah, it is. That's very L.A. That's a very L.A. thing, I know. It was a really weird situation, and honestly, I felt like I was, like, bad juju. Like, I don't really believe in that. Is that offensive, bad juju? I don't think so. But, like, if, like, bad vibes. Like, bad vibes. Yeah, I I think juju's okay. Yeah, it is? Okay. I'm sorry in advance. (laughs) Are we too woke? Are we too woke? So they sing Big Fun. Uh, Big Fun, Big Fun. There are Jello shots. There are uh, Reggie and Veronica hooking up. Totally into that, by the way. That that was kind of cool. Yeah. Although the lyrics in the song make it seem like Reggie has no idea what he's doing because he's so drunk. (laughs) Uh, uh, There is Sweet Pea discovering Archie and Josie is a thing, which I'm still really on board with. I like it. It's fine. And uh, Cheryl has to see Tony again, but that's when Evelyn has an opportunity to be like, you're my friend now. Yeah. The redheads have to stick together. Uh, post-coitus, uh, post-coitus. Reggie, Reggie tells Veronica he wants to be Avengers Endgame with her. <laughs> they use that word a lot. <laughs> Endgame? Yeah. And Veronica's That's, that's like, why I'm just going to do this thing now. <laughs> no, it's good. Veronica is not into it, clearly. No. At all. It's so funny that... These two are dating in real life, and they just keep writing plots where it's like, okay, now here's another chance for Veronica to tell him no. Right, I know. It's actually a little sad. Evelyn gives Kevin a brownie that might as well have a sign set on it saying... Drug brownie. Drug brownie. And he sees a vision of Midge who's definitely not played by Midge. Oh, no, it's played by Midge. Really? I'm pretty sure. That didn't... I don't think that looks like her. Have you seen To All the Boys I Loved Before? Of course I've seen To All the Boys you know I've Jen? Loved Before. Yes, I know Midge. it's Midge. I think it's her. You don't think it's her? I don't think that was her. Okay, I'm going to go double check, but I'm pretty sure it's her. Do it. Okay, no, Do it. I no, dare no, you. My phone's over there. And there's this, there's like painting on the walls around the Midge that says, this is all your fault to Kevin. Because that's what happens when you do drugs, kids. It's all your fault. <laughs> uh, so at rehearsal the next day, Evelyn gets therapeutic. She's like, anyone have anything to reveal? And this is where I'd like to point out that these episodes, these musical episodes, uh-huh. they feel a lot like Riverdale's version of like a State of the Union address. Oh, Where it's like a moment to check in and be like, where's everybody at right now? Yeah, that's just... Let's find out their emotional states through song. Smart, I love that. So in this scene, we just get a lot out in the open where uh, everyone's hung over and Kevin and Fang's are like, yeah, we've been seeing uh, Midge's ghosts or nightmares or whatever. Is Fang's bisexual? I guess. Love it. Uh, Sweet Pea reveals, uh, reveals Jarchi? Is that what that's called? Jarchi. Jarchi. No, we were Is there talk- an official name? We were talking about this with someone, and Jarchi is Jughead and Archie. Okay. Um, and so this is... The official one is, is jo- Joshi. Jochi? Jochi? Okay, Jochi. Uh, he reveals Jochi. To everyone, uh, Betty's like, oh, really? Like Betty's really excited, didn't which makes they me know this? makes me so happy. Of course not. You didn't. They, they don't they, hang out together. But you didn't think that they knew this? I was so sure. No, it seems like Josie and Archie has been like a subtle thing, okay. even though some, one of them should have been like, hey, you know, so Archie spends all of his time with Josie now. Mm-hmm. But no, because they don't hang out together. Right. They're friends by like. Uh, Veronica's also super confused about it. Reggie's like, oh, is that not why we're happening now? Oof. And then everyone's like, whoa, what? And then Veronica's like, no, we're happening because my parents are getting divorced. <laughs> no, no, no. And it's everyone's like, ah, we don't care about that. <laughs> I, it's amazing that no one's stood up and been like, Veronica, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> like, I don't understand. He literally is, her dad is trying to sabotage her like every second that she gets. 
Yeah. So Josie gets upset that everyone knows about her and Archie. Uh, he wants to be official, but she doesn't think it's going to last because she's got to be on Katie Keene next season. And she's like, trust me, I know. It frustrates me that all the best Josie stuff is happening now when she's about to leave this show. I think there's a reason for that, and I think it's that they're trying to do that. But you had her this whole I time. I agree. This great actress, great singer, but who has amazing chemistry with KJ Appa. And yeah, I think you like love her. Um, <laughs> Joe's not denying it. I think that what was I going to say about Josie? Oh, I think truthfully, I think that Riverdale suffers from having an over-inflated cast, which I think a lot of teen dramas do because it can be really, really hard to give everybody the appropriate amount of like airtime. But we and we've been over this. They only give time. To four. Right, exactly. The same four. Exactly. And they don't partner them off with any of those other guys. It's not like Grey's, where they're always like finding yes. different partnerships. I mean, Grey's... Or even The Simpsons, where they have this big town and every character can just come in I for random stuff. Yeah, I don't watch The Simpsons. Sorry. I, I stopped watching Grey's Anatomy, too, but... Oh, I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> but I think you're right. I think it's very hard, though, for this show, because this is a series where... It's not like Archie is the main character... And he has these friends, and Archie can be paired off with a bunch of different people, but his main friends are, like, Betty, Veronica, Jughead. Right. It's more like they've decided early on that Betty, Veronica, Jughead, and Archie are the four main characters, and they will always need their own storyline, except for, like, one or two episodes. Yeah. And so I think that's what makes it very complicated, because you have at least... Two big main storylines. Right. So... But the longer they spend not defining any of the characters, the harder it becomes to write anything for them. Because they don't know who these guys are. Like, who is Sweet Pea? I love him. Or Fangs. We don't know what Fangs' sexuality is. (laughs) It's very unclear. Which is okay, Fangs. Like, we have no problem with Cucumber Melon exploring sexuality. Be whatever you need to be. But we should know. Right. We should know if he doesn't have one either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I get that. Anyway. But Fangs and Kevin should be a couple. Oh, now you ship it? I ship it so hard, of course. They so, both feel guilty about killing Midge. We'll get there. Uh, neither of them did that. Uh, survivor's remorse is a real problem. Yes, it uh, is. Veronica admits to Reggie that being with him just makes her feel better when she's upset. So he's like, all right, we're not doing this. Which, respect to Reggie, actually. He does shut it down this time. I can't believe that Charles Melton is not from New York. Because why does Reggie have an accent? I don't hear an accent. Reggie 100% has a little bit of a New York accent. If you say so. He has some kind of an accent. You don't think so? Like, I I don't recognize any accent on him. Am I crazy? I mean, I'm literally from New York. <laughs> like, Do you have an accent? No. I, my parents are from Queens. He feel like he has like a little bit of a Queens accent. Dude, I can't hear a Queen's accent. Maybe People I'm keep wrong. telling me uh, Tom Holland as Spider Man is doing it with a Queen's accent. I'm like, I don't hear any accent at all. Kind of, not really though. Not really. I can't tell. Yeah. Uh, so, Evelyn appears behind Cheryl when she's in the bathroom. I was like, I think you want to see what's going on in the hallway. Where, my God. Tony's wearing red. I was wondering what was going on in the hallway until she explicitly said that Tony was wearing red. I mean, who cares? 
Cheryl Karras at the point. Cheryl's a psycho. It, I mean, Cheryl is so psychotic, right, in this, in this scene, where she threatens Tony for wearing the color red. Tony and, like, so ma- magically summons two randos behind her Are to be like... Are those not season one minions? No. Oh, okay. They're just two extras. And it's like, if you don't... Change. You're going to move out of town for wearing red one time. Also, Tony's outfit. Who wears that to a day of school? She looks so good. That she looks, looks like a superhero. Right. She right. Looks, I, it looks like something Buffy the Vampire Slayer would wear. But, like, in the, in the like, fan art that they write, like, it's not... A real outfit, even. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, but I love it. And she's just, great. Vanessa Morgan's so gorgeous. I just feel like she's incredible. I just... No one... No one's dressing for comfort for school. <laughs> anyway. Tony launches into Dead Girl Walking. A where? song I love. This song... Okay, so you you tell me about it, and then I'm going to give you my notes. She goes to the school. She goes into the... Into the... Uh, into the... Um, breaks in the student lounge. It seems like she's contemplating leaving town, just like Cheryl said, as if she doesn't have a choice or, I don't know, a gang. Right. Uh, and then decides, you know what? I'm going to have some fun. So she summons Scary Lamp. <laughs> by the way, peaches. Scary Lamp's sexual identity being defined by whatever Tony wants in the moment is peak Scary Lamp. I'm pretty sure she's gay. <laughs> yeah, because that fits with Tony. Not because that's what the character is, because Scary Lamp is a lamp. Right. I She's... It works for me. I really like her. I hate Scary Lamp. You hate Scary Lamp? What's the point of this? She's hot. She... Cool. So she's a sexy Scary Lamp. Yes, exactly. I, I, for you I stand that. by this. She summons Scary Lamp <laughs> and Sweet Pea, takes him to the stage to like, let's do this. So- Strip. Strip, and then she has this flash of Cheryl. Yes. And then she's reminded of everything she's ever loved about Cheryl, the girl who's been tormenting her for days, and she's like, I can't screw you both, as they're naked. Okay, so I have a lot of issues with this scene for a couple of reasons. Yeah. The first one is why... Okay, so in the original song, Veronica, Heather is basically like... You know, I'm stripping you of your Heather title. You were now nothing again, less than nothing. I'm going to ruin your life. So she's like, oh, I'm going to... Actually, they change the lyrics in a way that really makes sense. It's, I could change my name and ride up to Seattle. But in the musical, it's, but I don't have a motorbike. Mm -hmm. And here it's, uh, Tony's like, I'll hop right on my motorbike. And Mm -hmm. I was like, awesome. Right. And then she's like, wait. Yeah. So in the play, uh, Veronica goes to JD's house and they do have sex. The lyrics of the play's music are, it's so much more explicit, mm-hmm. even in just like the little details. And I was like, okay, I get why you yeah. can't say some of this This one stuff. sanitized a little bit all over the place. But it sanitized it, except that it's about them having a threesome. Yes. Also, the other issue that I have with this scene is Sweet Pea and Tony are like good friends. <laughs> like, this is so weird. <laughs> You know why I like Sweet Pea? I love Sweet Pea. He's like my favorite. He's the only one that's attainable on this cast. You like, like I'm attainable? like, no, like, like, he's like, so I mean, cute. like, he definitely right, right, wouldn't date he, me. He's cute, but he's not like, dear God, this person's gorgeous. You know what I mean? You don't think that he's hotter than Cole Sprouse? 
the chicks love Cole Sprouse. I know. I, no offense to Cole Sprouse. It's not that I think Cole Sprouse is ugly or anything. I just feel like Cole Sprouse is such a normal looking guy to me that I don't get it. I just feel like Sweet Pea would actually be a normal guy in real Fair. life. Because, again, they are normal people. Yes. But then there's the Charles Meltons of the world who look like they were sculpted by right. God. <laughs> sculpted sculpted by, by Poseidon or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> KJ Appa and uh, Charles Melton could be Greek gods. Yes. And everybody else is just like... Cute, normal. You know what Sweet Pea looks like, though? Michelangelo would lose it over over KJ Alpha and Charles Melton. And I get it. But I think Sweet Pea looks a lot like um, Nat Wolf. Nate Wolf? Nat Wolf. Yeah, Nat Wolf yeah, yeah. And also from, Alex Wolf. The one the, the one from Hereditary and the one from... Paper Towns. Paper Towns. I was going to say Death Note. Yes. They kind of look... Actually, if you were to combine them and give them a tan, that's Sweet Pea. If you say so, I think they got why they got different kind of eyes than him. Yes, but they look a lot alike to me. Okay, they, they're not like clones, but it, it's very obvious. Right, like, yeah. Right. Guys, watch Riverdale and then watch an episode of Naked Brothers Band and tell me these aren't the same <laughs> the looking same. guy. <laughs> I actually think that the Naked Brothers Band is absolutely, absolutely hilarious. Naked Brothers Band is underrated. It is not. Under, it is a great, perfect show. Really, because I just never think everyone forgot it happened. Everyone forgot it happened except for me, and apparently you. Yeah. So it's a great show. We're I remember. I remember uh, the younger brother character was addicted to milk and like yeah, went on a sobriety so cruise with Jack Black. The whole thing is actually so funny. Yeah, like it's so much smarter than we've deserved. Right, and you know? and we didn't know better at the time. We didn't know better. Anyway, where were we? Um, Dead girl walking. Yeah. Any more thoughts about that song? I thought it was weird that they had her have a threesome. It was almost like, Tony's bisexual, let's give her both. Right. It's like, right. It was crazy it. that the show hasn't done a threesome yet. Like, for it's all the not. sexy stuff, no. Sabrina does orgies all the time. Right. But weird, but okay. Riverdale uh, only does consensual vanilla sex. Which I think is And good. off-screen, fully clothed domination. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> It is weird the lines they will cross and the lines that they absolutely will not cross. So Jughead, again, in his own show, sends the servants out <laughs> to find uh, his old mobile home. It is CWC and, show. And Betty, <laughs> Betty's like, can I borrow your camera? I got to spy on a uh, secret private rehearsal at the farm. And it's like a cult wedding set to Our Love is God. This is my probably actually my favorite Kevin song. Kevin Fangs, where everyone wears white. Oh, it's my least favorite song. Oh. And uh, all the guests have 3D glasses on. If you heard Our Love is God, though, like, I think in the musical soundtrack, you would like it a lot better. What is, uh, what's the couple name for Kevin of Fangs? Is it Kangs? <laughs> it can be. Kangs. Kangs. Or Kefevin. <laughs> I don't think that works. Favin. Kefevin? I, can we just do Kefevin? Does that really make sense? Kofefe? Kofefe. Kofefin. What was the word Kofefe was supposed to be? <laughs> like was it coffee? What was it? No, no. Um, Collusion. You'd have to. I, no, you'd have to show me his full tweet, and I never want to see it. To, right. To no. Right. If we ever get to go to that Daily Show museum of Donald Trump's tweets, that's so we can funny. Look it that's up. a thing. I yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have like a, if he tweets, they have like an alarm go off, and it's right. like new tweet. That's very funny. Um. So Josie finds Archie training at his boxing gym because he owns a boxing gym now. These kids own a lot of real estate. And he's like, listen, I think you do like me. And I like you. So let's figure this thing out. Let's clean the slate. Let's, like, 
be something. Archie's a very sweet boy. And he's honestly a little too perfect. She can't for... not smile around him. Yeah. Which means, yeah, he's got a little bit right. So yeah, they sing Fight for Me together. And a good song. Uh it's it's adorable and I like this couple a lot. And I know it's gonna be taken from me, so I'm gonna enjoy every moment of it that I have. I don't not like the couple. Like I I just have no I just don't think that there's that much I think, okay, here's my problem. This is not how I feel about, like, real-life relationships, so I'm just going to clarify that because I feel like this sounds unhealthy. Uh-huh. But I feel like in teen dramas, you need to have a couple that has, like, a little bit of tension. And I feel like Archie is very agreeable a lot of the time. And I think that's why I don't find him that exciting when he's in a romantic relationship. I guess. Like, he'll never, he'll never be the cause of conflict in the relationship. Right. Like, all the relationships here are so stable unless, you know, Cheryl goes nuts for one episode. Right. So, but kind of. I feel like Josie and Archie, they're good for each other. Yes. She curbs some of his worst impulses. I will say, this is what I feel like Archie being with Betty would look like. Boring. And jo- And Josie (laughs) is almost acting as a stand-in for how Betty would also treat Archie if they were I can't imagine Betty and Archie in a relationship because I think it would just blow everything up. There's no universe. But that's what we should... Like, Archie Archie is good and agreeable, but he's also pure passion all the time on everything. Fair. Which is why his big flaw should be like, oh no, I'm not attracted to you, I'm attracted to her now. And like, I wish they would. I wish they would blow up those relationships. It would be fun to have a few episodes at least when Archie decides he's in love with Betty and then is very jealous of Jughead and doesn't know what to do with it. Right. That would be fun. Wouldn't that be a different thing to play? Right. Yeah. Right. I just feel like... But, like, we've been having this argument for years in the shows. The show seems pretty... I mean, this episode especially is very steadfast on, on, on Bughead. Yeah. But they're so good together. Right. That's That's all we want to talk about when we get to 17. Yeah. I know, I like got all the feels. So Betty uh, drops her pictures on the principal desk, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> no, I love the farm. Farm's pretty great. Have you read Edgar's writings? They're uh, fascinating. Have you looked at these shirtless photos of Edgar? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him? I mean, damn. Uh, Cheryl wakes up fully clothed in what I assume is a uh, three-piece nightgown. Yeah, of course. <laughs> That's not your thing? Okay. And Tony is there with, like, coffee. Although, I do like shows. Like, is that liquid drainer? Well, that's a throwback to Heather's. Right. Not that you kids would know that. So, Tony is there to, like, make amends. Because she feels bad about Cheryl attacking her <laughs> constantly. Right. All the time. <sighs> but I do think that they give Cheryl right. a decent they ask, they explanation. Ask, uh, they ask Cheryl what love is like in her family. And I was like, finally someone's addressing the trauma. <laughs> Apparently it's all or nothing. Either pure adoration or like total hate. And this makes a lot of sense. And I think that we do forget that maybe Cheryl's instability stems from the fact that she grew up in a terribly abusive, unstable home. Yes, but doesn't that mean she would also be a terribly abusive person to be in a relationship with, as we've already seen? Right. Well, not always, but in this case, yes. Like, what does this mean? They make up, but what does this mean? Is Tony moving song. back in with Cheryl? I really or are they going to address that. any of the problems they had in the relationship, or are they just going to have more hot, steamy sex all the time? You know what? I don't mind. <laughs> You know, it was just so nice to be right about Cheryl and Tony. 
Meanwhile, Jughead and Betty found the trailer. Uh, and it's been turned into a full-fledged drug lab. Although I never really get that sense. It doesn't look that different from how That's they left how it. That's how I felt, too. I was, I was like, like... The set design could have been a little bit more explicit on this one. Right. I didn't actually see any drugs, but maybe yeah, I just I didn't, I didn't see much equipment or anything anyway. Also, how much of a full, like, on drug lab could it really be considering that it is a mobile trailer? Like, it... They did know. it in Breaking Bad. I know, but I... Yeah. You're right. Then Jughead starts yearning for simpler times. So Betty starts singing uh, 17. Which is a great song. At the exact moment that, back at the school, Kevin's explaining that 17 is the emotional climax of the play to Josie and CP, who do not get to sing 17. <laughs> <laughs> who do not not sing that song. So. Uh, it feels like, you know, oh, yay, Jacob doesn't sing, so Betty's just going to sing the song to him. And then... He sings, and he's actually good. He's all right, you know? He's good. I think yeah. he's not, like, the best singer in the world, but I thought he would be really bad, honestly, because he was so afraid of singing. And you know what? This means something. Yeah, it does. Like, it's a total, like, double down on, on, on Bughead. Right. Like, she means so much to him that he'll sing. <laughs> that he'll sing. That he'll sing. The thing that... And it's a little bit meta-narrative, right? Because Cole Sprouse is also like, Disney ever got me to sing. Yeah. But, like, Betty, and by extension, Lily Reinhardt, mean enough to him, I, I think... I don't know if it's Lily Reinhardt or his Riverdale contract, but that's okay. Well, I, it, I think from this, this one really... Maybe not in real life, but at least in the in the in the text of the of the episode comes from a very emotional place. Yes, and the fact that he does sing back really does elevate the song. Of all the songs that I think I would like watch again in clips on YouTube, it's probably this one. Yeah, um, it it bugs me a little bit that they also give the song a little bit to Cheryl and Tony because their do. shit isn't anywhere near. Right, it's not the same. <laughs> Your problems are not the same problems. I'm still mad Cheryl gets to win in this episode that Tony comes back to her. Right. Like, God. But it's such a beautiful song. Yes, it's an amazing song. Um, so Jughead wants to steal the trailer back during the play, but Betty thinks that's more emotional than practical, and he it should is. walk away from it. 100%. He should let it go. Can't we be 17? And then Veronica... Uh, asked her dad to come home, and he's like, no, I'm breaking up with your mom because of all the time she tried to murder me. Just like... Like, chill, bitch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know if there's a better reason. There is no better reason to end a relationship yeah, with somebody. Yeah, listen, guys, if she tries to kill you twice, that's a deal breaker. I think so. <laughs> she probably cut it off at that point. At least twice, yeah. Yeah. Man, you're lucky that kid who also wants to kill you decided not to kill you that one time and said saved your life. That was hilarious. And then he was so mad at Veronica for thinking that he would ever kill Hiram. It made no sense. Yeah. It's a fun mm. show. And Veronica is like, what? <laughs> so when, so Kevin goes to Veronica and he's like, I want to direct you that you're feeling like really lonely and uh, scared. Uh, but you're, you're clearly there. So let's go. Let's do it. Um, and she sings Lifeboat. She also summons her parents to Le Bon Nut. Le Bon Nut. <laughs> And gives them tickets to Heather's. She's like, listen, 
This is that one last night where you come to the show where we make happy memories. Does she not know how her relationship with her parents work? Like, I don't... Has she not been watching this show? I don't understand. She definitely hasn't been watching the show. She lives in La Bone Nut. <laughs> She's been watching all of her friends perform at La Bone Nut for the last eight weeks. So the Jones family gathers pre-show. They're having some pizza. Uh... FP comes in injured from dealing with a, uh, what's he called? A G&G playing fizzle head. I love it. Sure. <laughs> FP is the only one who can deliver the words fizzle He's like, head, I'm right? going to find whoever's, whoever's uh, making that stuff. And Glass is like, yeah, drugs are bad. I know. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> FP has to know, though, that she, like, is a drug dealer. Right. He knows that she does criminal stuff. I also don't really understand why she left him for being a raging alcoholic when she is a drug dealer. Though I guess she had her shit Because he was a bad drug dealer. Right. Because he was such a raging alcoholic. That he was bad at being a drug dealer. One thing's cool. She's a businesswoman. Right. He is an alcoholic. Right. That's true. I mean, no judgment here. I mean, do what you need to do, I guess. But Jesus, Gladys. So Jughead's like, hey, me and Betty are going to head out early for no particular reason. We'll see you there. All right, bye. Yeah. For a pre-show tradition. Right. Honestly, based on what happened last season, it burning down things is a... That's a, a tradition. fun thing. So Evelyn and Kevin prep for the show. No one's getting murdered tonight. Uh, Veronica spies her parents looking so awkward <laughs> in the front row. Why would you do that to them? Also, it's not even like, oh, Hermione was cheating on me. Hermione wanted to murder me. You're making me go to this play, <laughs> sitting next to the woman who's hired people to kill me twice. Does Veronica just not... Kay? She really doesn't read rooms well. No. <laughs> but it's kind of nice that they showed up for her. Veronica, honestly. this isn't about you. I also don't really understand why Hiram goes to his daughter's plays, like, or why they act like normal parents when they're so clearly the, like, <laughs> Russian spies from Rocky and Bullwinkle, or whatever those characters were. The Rock Team Rocket Moosen, Power. Uh, Moosen Squill. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, <laughs> like this doesn't work anymore. You're not normal parents. <laughs> you can't join the PTA. Shell uh, and Tony are just back to normal. Great. It is. I wanted one line from someone who asked me, like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> I wish there was like a background Riverdale, like two actors who were. Right. Like, I want a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Riverdale. That's all I want. Which in theory could be Sweet Pea and Fangs. Just be like. But they're a little too involved now. Right. It used to be Kevin. Now there's Kevin. Kevin used to be the guy who was like, what the hell? Exactly. Just like mouthing. Ke- like- that used to be Kevin and Veronica. Well. Veronica yeah. used to be so like, this town's weird. Right. And now she's like deep in it. Imagine. It's when- a cancer. Riverdale is a cancer that infects you and makes you weird. <laughs> Do you remember though when like Veronica was like, I'm, uh, this town is like in cold blood. Yeah, because we said that we say that yeah, every episode. Every episode. Well, like Well, yeah. she's strictly breakfast at Tiffany's. Her life is a hundred percent more in cold blood than anything that is in this town. Like uh. her family is the one bringing the in cold blood shit to the town. Yeah. Yeah. Like before Veronica moved to town, things were kind of okay. Jughead and Betty arrive uh, covered in soot. They look good covered in soot. Not a lot of people can pull off soot very well. <laughs> they pull it off really well. And Kevin tells Betty to get Jughead ready for the finale. Which he had no idea about, which right. I think is insane. He's like, I'm sorry, what? Which, dude, you've been at rehearsals, right? 
Or, no, you were so. off in your own show. That's right. He, he was, was on, on CWC. Exactly. Uh, Drug Runners of Riverdale. They're doing a group statement piece at the end. So everyone stands in a line and they reprise 17. They restate... The song's basically they're restating that theme of loss of innocence uh, with an intent to withstand the storm. That's what it's kind yeah, of about. That's what and then about. they cut back to before the show when Jacket and Betty burned down uh, the old trailer. Love it. So that is a show tradition. Something's got to burn. Mm-hmm. That's true. Something. Uh-huh. But then. Right. So during the song, everyone removes the outer layer of costuming to reveal uh, their character, like, like you know, their those characters' normal clothes underneath. Betty's got her, like, sweater on and stuff. Yeah. So do you think it's uh, supposed to reveal they're not, like, they're Riverdale characters? I think it's, I think it's a... It, the song is from Heather's, but it's also about the kids of Rivertail. They're yeah. turning subtext into text. Now they're singing it as themselves, talking about the actual loss of innocence they have also gone through across the series. What a meta situation. Right. Um, and they keep cutting back to the audience, and I don't know about you, but everyone looked really confused during the song. Well, here's, here's my pitch. This show was terrible. <laughs> Except for this one number, which was great. I, no, I think I think everyone in the audience was like, dude, what the fuck is this right now? <laughs> Nobody got it. Yeah, they all seemed deeply confused and worried and be like, I gotta tell my kid this was great after the show. <laughs> you know I felt that before, and it's always awkward as fuck. Like, you know, you know when the parents are like, <laughs> Right, so so they finish the song and it's silent. This is incredibly rude because they are all excellent singers. And then one man claps and, and rises. <gasps> Chad, Michael, Murray. Oh, I almost feel bad about that. And spoiling then that. Other audience <laughs> member, audience members all rise up, all in white, and clap in unison with Chad, Michael, Murray. It's amazing. And Evelyn's like, "That's my dad." <laughs> Evelyn is like, I knew my dad would like it. I'm like, "You're so lucky. You the, have him for a dad." The principal is <laughs> clapping. And it's terrifying. But they're all clapping weird. Like, like what movie is that where they do that? There's a movie. Well, slow claps uh, yeah. they happen all the time. But it's stuff. not a slow clap that goes into like a a normal clap. It's just no. A it's slow just a slow clap. Pounding. Oh, uh, dude, I don't know. It is. It's like it's effective. It's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's a hell of a way to introduce that guy. Kind of wish we didn't know. It would have been it would have been really powerful if we didn't know he was coming. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I'm sure a large portion of the audience is not super tuned in and didn't know he was coming and was like, what? They're not trying hard enough, that audience, <laughs> but that's fine. Let them be them. I guess so. Let us be 17. And that is how the episode ends. Cool, cool, cool. So, superlatives. Okay, prom king. Archie for standing up for his... Love. I'll give it to Archie. Dang, yeah. Yeah. Anytime. We do like Archie, you guys. I, I've been pro-Archie from the beginning. Okay. Prom queen. Evelyn for directing a hell of a musical her dad liked. I really... This is like... I think this is a great episode for Evelyn. I I'd think be, Evelyn's I'd cool. be on board for that. I would also give it for Tony. Uh, eh. Not... I, just... I thought she... Okay. You're right. No. We'll give it to Evelyn for, for prom queen. She who threw you, a dope party. Who would you give... What, what would you rank uh, like best best performance and Ooh. best song? Because those can be two different things. Yeah, like, I think seventeen is the best song. Okay, but not the best performance. Um, 
17 like, is my favorite. I don't know. Best is yeah. kind of a weird word. 17 was my favorite song. You're, let's do favorite. That's much better. Yeah. 17 was my favorite song. The performer that I thought really, really crushed it. Um, I thought everybody did a really, really good job. I actually thought that Camila Mendes did a really good job in her song. I don't yeah. like love that song that much. Um, but I thought she did a really good job. Yeah. I will say there's a, there's a moment during Candy Store where mm-hmm. uh, it's it's when Cheryl yells "Shut up, Tony!" Yeah, where there's a quick shot where Lily Reinhardt does like a "Dude, what?" and then uh, immediately goes in her choreography, and I'm like, "That's professional." That's one of my favorite songs from <laughs> musical, but I did not love it that much. I think I think honestly I think um, uh, Dead Girl Walking was was my favorite performance. I think you know I didn't like Candy Store that much because they changed a lot of the lyrics. Yeah, it's a little bit more risque of a song. Right. And it's also beautiful is actually like probably one of my favorite songs. And I realized they changed, they didn't change a lot, but they cut a lot and they kind of copy and pasted a lot. Yeah, but well, that's I wonder have to do like that. if you listen to the full songs on like Spotify. I I'm did sure actually it's... listen to not beautiful, but I listened to a couple of them. I've been listening to them nonstop. Yeah, that's all I've been listening to. Help me. Yeah, it's really good though. Big fan. Throw under the bus. Um, I mean Cheryl, but yeah, yeah, happily. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Cheryl. Uh, okay. Do you have? Do we have any rumor mill stuff? Honestly, I feel like the principal is in the farm now. Fangs is in the farm. Kevin's in the farm. Do we think that the farm and the gargoyle gang are one and the same? It confuses me because Hiram seems involved in the gargoyle gang, and I don't think he's involved in the farm. No, I think um, Kurtz is the gargoyle gang now. Okay. I don't think they're connected to the farm. But I think G&G is connected to the farm, but it doesn't necessarily mean the gargoyle king is connected to the farm. Okay. But do you think the gargoyle king's identity matters anymore? Because Dude, we, who knows? We also I'm so mad they did the same move they pulled with the Black Hood, where it's like, no, but there's a real one. So we definitely know that Hal did not kill the principal. So we still have no idea who killed the principal. Right, we still know who killed the principal. Um, it could be Chad Michael Murray. It could be. Could be, yeah. right? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. Um... So that would be my theory that maybe Chad Michael Murray did it. Right, right, right. And I hope they use now, old footage of him in one trail. I think, I think Evelyn is going to try to recruit Cheryl for the farm. Yeah, or she totally. would have, except Cheryl's back with Tony, so it won't work. She's not emotionally vulnerable anymore. Okay, I Although that. Cheryl's always emotionally vulnerable. Yeah, she's pretty much the most emotionally vulnerable I'm, person. I'm ever. hoping that Chad Michael Murray finds an interest in Archie. Because, again, I stand by Archie Ascended. Archie um, is putty, also, in any older man's hands. That's right. Which sounded disgusting. He's the way still I a sexy that. lamp for those older, sexy men. <laughs> <laughs> you get him a, an adult with a strong jawline, he'll do whatever they want. It sounds really bad, but we mean Oh, it. my God. I hope Hiram hates Chad Michael Murray. I hope he's, like, he's so handsome. <laughs> I hope they're just like, he's not prettier than me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Hermione starts dating him. Just because that'd be fun. Chad Michael Murray is such perfect casting for a parent in this show. Oh, it's great. Although I think people are probably freaking out right now being like, he's not old enough to play an adult. <laughs> he's not he a is, parent. But he is. He's like in his 40s. I think he, let's say he, he might be 40. Yeah. So if a kid is 16. Yeah. That's like Plus, a perfectly reasonable You age. know this cult leader had a kid at a young age. He actually, he might not be 40 yet. He might be younger than that, but not by much. Because even if he's 35... 
which I don't believe he is, but let's say he's 35. Let's actually guess. How old do you think he is? Over or under? I'm going to say 36. Oh, I think he's over 40. Okay, let's see. Looking him up, looking him up, looking him up. Uh, he, oh my God, he is 37 years old. Oh, fuck, I win. Chad Michael Murray is playing a parent at 37 years old. But that makes sense, though, because if he... So he would have been 21 when he had her. But that's, like, not unreasonable. Yeah, that's not unreasonable. I I do have friends with very young parents. Yeah. In comparison to my own. Yeah, I mean, my mom, I think, had me at 26. Oh, my parents were in their 30s. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. They were probably more mature. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's why I've turned out so well. Right, exactly. Also, you're the youngest one. Yeah, I'm the youngest so, too, but she's like four years uh, older than me. I think they were in her 30s when they had her too. Okay, that's good. Very reasonable. But like, it's not like completely impossible. Like, it's not like he's like 27. Right, 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 right. So. <laughs> right. If they had cast someone who was like two years older than the rest of the cast, right. like, that's my daughter. They do that sometimes. Like, I remember on The Good Place, I think it's Leslie Grossman, plays... Kristen Bell's mom, and I'm uh-huh. like, that doesn't make sense. Well, do you remember in um, it's, it's a very specific example, but they did that that uh, like ancient Greek movie where Angelina Jolie played Brad uh, Pitt's mom, not no. Brad Pitt, um, uh, the Irish one uh, who was in Fantastic Beasts. Oh know. my God, yes, I know who you're, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's mom, and she was younger than him. What movie was that? Was it, like, about Alexander the Great or something? Yeah, I think that's right. Dude, I don't remember the Because I, I was thinking it was Troy, but it can't be Troy. No, the Troy's the one I was trying to think of. I was like, yeah. Nah. I really like that movie, Weirdly, Troy. Troy? Yeah. That, I really want to do, for some reason, a sci-fi adaptation of the Iliad. Ooh, that'd be really cool. <laughs> yeah. You should do that. Yeah, thanks. You should do that. That'd be cool. This is like, I love that story. My, my big anthology series idea is to tell all ancient myths in different settings that would be really cool like do uh do um gilgamesh as a post-apocalyptic thing we never need to ever even think about gilgamesh again oh or googliamesh as i called it throughout college <laughs> i would make it explicitly gay but all right well okay then we're talking <laughs> let's do it uh anyway do you i, I guess we don't need to do any pop culture connections because you were kind of talking about heathers earlier well, instead i do have kind of an interesting pop culture connection go for it so the original ending of the movies the movie heathers um jd succeeds at blowing up the school and they all go to heaven and there's like a big prom in heaven what yeah i think it's on like the dvd bonus wow. extras and then i think somebody was like the fuck you can't do that that's how this is the end ends yeah Yes, very similarly. But there's no Backstreet Boys. Yeah, uh, they're lost. I know. But I think it's really interesting because in a lot of ways, and I think this might be why they used not that much plot from Heathers, in a world with school shootings, all kinds of violence, especially violence geared towards children, Heathers is, it's not necessarily controversial in its time and place, but I think now it becomes very controversial because it is about students killing other students um and there is some gun violence actually in the um in the movie and in the play yeah but i think that's kind of why the heather's um tv show did not really work well they couldn't find a safe time to air it right they couldn't find a safe time to air it there was a lot more 
it was, I think the reason it didn't work was because it was modern day and it was commenting on modern day things. Right. But also kind of playing like a little bit lighter with it than maybe some people felt like it should. Yeah. And I kind of agree. I think it felt a little wrong, wrong in some ways or a little, I think there's a smart way to comment on stuff. And I don't always give South Park credit for this because I'm not like a huge South Park person. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't. Me neither. I'm like, it, like certain things. I'm like, that was a really smart and funny way to do that. And boy, I loved ways, it when I was twelve. Right, of course. I actually I went through a period where I thought it was disgusting, and then I liked it, and now I'm like very hit or miss for me. But like, I think South Park did like an episode where it was like about school violence, but it was kind of like, it. it I thought it. It, the jokes made more sense and mm-hmm. this it felt like you're not really sure who the in the tv show i wasn't positive who who the joke was about and who the joke was for right but i think that the original heathers still really holds up because you don't have a lot of that context surrounding it and i especially love the musical because i think that it is very very hopeful for a better world even though it is coming from very, I don't want to say cynical source material, but it, it all has kind of a good message. And the message is like, people can be mean, the world can be hard, you don't have to be that way, you don't have to like go low in order to survive in this world, or you can rather, you can choose not to do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You can choose... To be a bigger person, even though that might not make things easier for you. I think that that might be one of the messages. And anyway, I just really love this stuff. And I am happy that they did have their musical. I thought that was a really, it was a really good choice. I do wish that they leaned a little bit more into the plot than they did. And I understand why they maybe didn't and maybe felt like it was a little controversial. Yeah. But I feel like just because I think this is a show, this is a movie that people don't really know that much about. If you're 15, you might not know what Heather's is. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of 15-year-olds who know and have seen the movie and love the movie. But I think the more generations that go by... I mean, like, I was 15 when I saw Heather's for the first time, but that was, like, 11 years ago. So... Yeah. You get it. Yeah. So, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> uh, I'm seeing Us on Sunday. Ooh, it's so and good. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty down for it. I really... I, I liked... Uh, you know, I, I like to get yeah, out. Yeah. And I'm down for more. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Jordan Peele business. Let's do it. When I saw Us, like I was in a screening before the screening started, the screen goes bright green, there's a loud sound, and then the lights go off and yeah. come back on. Great. And I was like, is this the thing? And everybody screamed because, of course, because everybody was already kind of on edge. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think it was on purpose. <laughs> no, I won't see that when I go to see the movie. If you do, please tell me, but I really don't think so. Okay. So if you do, that's fucked up and they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Um, well, I can recommend something that I'm watching now and I'm looking forward to watching more of. Okay. The other two. I didn't recommend this last week, did I? No, we talked a lot about Endgame last week. Okay, cool. So the other two is hilarious. It's on Comedy Central, but I'm watching it on Amazon. Um, and it's about... It's about the siblings of a newly famous YouTube star uh-huh. who makes like a song that goes viral mm-hmm. called I Want to Marry You at Recess. And he becomes super, super famous. And he has a manager that's very clearly supposed to be like Justin Bieber's manager, um, Scooter Braun. Mm-hmm. And he's played by, um, oh my God, what's his name? Rick Marino? Is that, his na- is that his name? He's very funny. He's on Veronica Mars. He plays Vinnie Van Lowe. 
Uh, yeah, Ken Marino. Ken Marino. There we go. Got him confused with Rick Moranis for a second there. Wait, is Ken Marino the dad? No. Who's the dad? No, that's Enrico. Enrico Colantante. Yes, that's him. I, no. Ken Marino is what we're looking for. Get a new Veronica Mars, I think, later this year also. I know. That's very exciting. But until I see a trailer for that, I can't Mm -hmm. say I'm excited. Not that I'm not excited. Oh, did you see the trailer for Stranger Things? Do you watch Stranger Things? You know, I do watch Stranger Things, and I do like it, but I don't know. I'm just... It's not that I'm not excited. It just feels like a long time away, and... I'm I'm not like Fourth of July comes out. Yeah, I'm not like uh, not that I'm not on the bandwagon. It's just it's not as important to me as some other shows on Netflix are. Okay, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, but the other two is hilarious. It's so funny. It, it's very clever. You should watch it. I I would I would love to give it a shot. I don't watch a lot of comedies uh, these days. Uh, is there streaming easily? Amazon? I think you have to buy it. I don't have Amazon Prime. Okay, I don't think I use my roommates and I don't like buying stuff because I have to pay them back for it and it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Maybe it's on iTunes, but it's really good. I'm sure you. If I don't have Amazon, I don't have iTunes. You don't have iTunes? Why would I have iTunes? Everyone has iTunes. I mean, I have it. I use it for reviews. Oh, you would have to, yeah. You'd have to buy it. Or it'll probably be streaming on Comedy Central. I just haven't checked. Yeah. It was worth it to me. It's really funny. Okay. But I'm sure it'll be streaming eventually somewhere. Probably mm-hmm. on Hulu. But who knows? I'm just yeah. making that up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Feels like you're reaching. Yeah. It seems like a Hulu thing. Man. Yeah. But anyway. Where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Riley Tweets. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. And on Instagram at Stella the Mystery Pup. But that's just for my dog. What about you, John? You're going to find me on Twitter at John Patton. You can also find me on my blog, Catching the Blog, uh, Catching the Rye, Catching the Blog, Catching the Rye, Rye is spelled uh, W-R-Y. I've been currently driving myself crazy, uh, rounding up the marketing structures of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you're into that kind of thing. I thought it was really cool. And what a good pun. Phase three is going to be twice as long as the previous two. Question. Yes. Answer. about MCU. Okay. We're only in phase one of the MCU? No, we're in phase three of the MCU. We are. Yes. What are the phases? Phase one is Iron Man through the Avengers. Oh, and then? Phase two is Iron Man three through, uh, I guess, Ant-Man. Avengers Age of Ultron and then Ant-Man. And then phase three has been Captain America Civil War through to Avengers Endgame. So when Spider-Man comes out later this summer, that's technically phase four. Oh, I thought we were still in phase one. No. I don't know why I thought that. No, 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 no. It's been... It's been a while? It's been a while. Cool. It's been a while. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's been 20 movies? 22 movies. That's too many movies. (laughs) But that's okay. It's It's the dominant force of pop culture. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm an actually. I enjoyed Avengers and uh, Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War. Yeah, a lot. So I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to break down everything from Captain America: Civil War through Endgame. We're gonna have so much fun. Cool. I think we'll be back next week, right? Uh, I believe there is an episode next week. Yes. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. I don't even know where that's from anymore. It's at Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cool, I've never seen that show. No, I've watched like three episodes. Um. Anyway, over and out, Ripper Vixens. <laughs>